break it down, down like this. Yo, welcome along everyone to Tempo Fit Workout of the Week. My name is Hayden Sherman and we're back. It's my favourite time of the week again where we get to go through our workout for the week. Tempo Fit Workout of the Week is a running workout where we uh, dissect it, we talk about the why, the how, how you can adapt this to your own training wherever you might be in the world. You can do this workout whenever, wherever and I'll give you some tips on how to tweak it to to your background as, as a runner and also to your goals. Now how the podcast works, it's 15 minutes long roughly which is about the time that you typically spend jogging to warm up before you get into the actual session. So I do it this long so you can do it during your, your jog warm up and then put the phone down or crank up your favourite tunes and really go out there and crush the session. Now this week, this week we are doing a session that is all about the nines. So we are on episode number 99 and I thought this would be a cool time to do a fun little session where there's three blocks to it. So there's a nine minute tempo at the start then you do nine times one minute fartlek session, then nine minute tempo at the end. So it's sort of a tempo sandwich where you've got some intervals in the middle thrown into the middle of it. Now the nine minute tempo at the start and then at the end will be around about your one hour race pace. So that's it's what you could handle for an hour. Um, now you, you can have a choice on whether you want to do that fartlek, so just do it by feel or do it uh, on a flat measurable pathway where you're actually looking at splits and getting the pace dialed in. Then in the middle, you're doing that nine times one minute fartlek or once again, you might do it to a specific pace. Now, the recoveries for that nine times one minute are all just one minute, nice and simple. One minute on, one minute off, nine times through. And the recoveries between each of the three blocks are three minute jog recoveries. So quick overview of the workout once more, nine minute tempo run at a pace you could hold for about an hour. Then you're going to jog for three minutes, do nine times one minute at about your 5k effort one minute jog recoveries and then a three minute jog recovery at the end of that before you do that last nine minute tempo. Right, now why are we doing this particular workout? Other than my bit of OCD-ness around episode number 99 and I want to do a workout based around nines and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. I want some symmetry, um, some poetic license to in the way that I write the workout. So just run with me on this one for, for the time being. So what I'm really looking at for this this session is you've got these two steady state tempo runs where you're running for nine minutes at that one hour, we call it lactate threshold. Oh, and by the way, you can look up tempofit.org, head to running resources, and you should be able to see the calculator to calculate exactly what pace you'll be looking for, for both the 5k pace and the uh, one hour race pace. So that's really useful. Um, but, but what we're trying to do here is create this sandwich where you've got the steady state at the start and the steady state at the end. Now, whenever you're doing a tempo run, it's inevitably a, something to do with learn teaching the body 
while while moving, while finding a rhythm to deal with a sort of mild to moderate level of discomfort? Can you just plow through it and keep maintain good rhythm, maintain good splits, keep your technique nice and strong as the fatigue just gradually ramps up? Can your body physiologically flush out all that fatigue and and get the energy to where it needs to? This is tempo runs are great for building um, strength for basically, especially for anything like five k up to up to marathon. They really teach that sort of uh, good good rhythm and good good recovery on the run. Now. Speaking of recovery on the run, we throw in this little cat amongst the pigeons, which is the nine times one minute. Now, this is the, if we've got the steady state, this is the breakup of the steady state. This is where we're, you know, you've got the the nice soft sandwich of the steady state stuff, and then we're throwing in some crunchy stuff in the middle. And so those nine times one minute, at, at around about 5K race effort, they're not super fast, but they're just rhythm breakers. So you, you're running fast for a, for a minute and then you pull back to jog, running fast, and, and you're building up that heart rate. You're building up some fatigue so that when you go back into that nine-minute block at the end, you should feel a bit of pinch. You should feel a bit of heaviness in the legs. You should feel it's a little bit harder to find that rhythm. It's a little bit harder to deal with that discomfort. And so if there's any focus for this workout, any any time in the workout where I want you to be really clued in, it's probably midway in that second nine-minute tempo run at the end. About four or five minutes, that's when it's going to start to pinch. Stay strong for two or three minutes, and then you'll find the lights at the end of the tunnel. You've just got two or three minutes left to run. Now, a note on how to tackle this workout. Um, as I mentioned before, you could do this a fartlek session, totally on trails where you're not worried about actual splits. It's just by feel, totally works for this. But you could also do it on a measured path, even on a treadmill or a track. So totally adaptable um, in, in that sense. And like I said, you can go onto the tempofit.org site and uh, look up the calculator and find those exact paces. You know, set, set the paces on your treadmill. And also, if you're in a position where, you know, 18 minutes worth of tempo run, nine minutes worth at 5k pace. If that's not too challenging, you could ramp up the, the paces just a tad. I probably wouldn't push the um, the tempo runs too much faster than one hour pace, but maybe you could go sort of 45 minute pace, um, or you could also push up that 5k pace to sort of 3k pace. But that's the optional extra going above and beyond, and you're in a position where you're feeling really good about hitting some harder harder sessions but for most of us I'd keep it keep it lighter and likewise you could also back off on the pace with this make it like marathon pace in the tempo runs and more like 10k even half marathon pace in the the interval so if you need more of a recovery session that's one way to do that um now a, a little note around what one hour pace should feel like I typically find it is 
well, I do my workouts first thing in the morning, so that's something to keep in mind. But I usually find the first couple of minutes is a little bit challenging as I'm like, oh, bit of a um, shock to the system. Like as you, you, you know, dive into the water, it's like, oh, it's a bit colder or a bit faster than I, than I thought. Um, and then you sort of settle in and the next three or four minutes are like, okay, this is actually really manageable as I'm not feeling like I'm racing here. And that first nine minutes shouldn't feel like you're racing. The last nine minute block, that should feel a bit like, okay, I'm tapping into some darker places here. Uh, but definitely that first nine minute block, it should feel very achievable. Like you could do that pace, you know, literally six times over. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Now the thought for the week, so the Olympics are done and dusted and I hope you all have managed to capture some of those magic moments in the in the athletics in particular. I mean across all the, all the sports were incredible. I mean who didn't get a tear in their eye watching Simone Biles finally compete in the in the beam and um in the athletics, my gosh, I talked about some of them last week, just some of the performances. I feel like this Olympics, more than um, the previous maybe two or three Olympics, have just been one of epic performances. And we saw a bunch of world records go down and um, oh, it's just it's just been so cool. And I, I, look, one of the big standouts for me was Kipchoge's marathon um, just cementing his status as the greatest marathoner who's ever lived. I'm, I'm going to go out there and, and lay that stamp. Greatest ma- male marathoner, because you can't compare across, across the gender divide. But how good was that performance from Kipchoge? He was up the front the whole first half, you know, leading that pack. Had a pack of 20, hits about 26K, and then... Boom, detonation. He just puts his foot down on the accelerator and it's like, right, guys, I'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> Enough of this mucking around. I've got 16K to go. I'm just going to run a tempo run to the finish. And man, he looked good. So I wanted to share four tips, four, um, four take-home lessons of what we can learn from Eliud Kipchoge. So number one is find your event Find the event that really works for your physiology, for your psychology, because when you look at his career, you know, he was he was good when he came up through the, through the ranks. He won a junior cross country title. I think he won. the He had the junior 5000 meter world record. Um, but when he came of age into a senior, he was a good you know, let, let's put it in terms of Olympic champions and, and the greatest of the great, like the best Kenyans out there. He was a good Kenyan athlete, a good Kenyan Olympian. He won 5,000 metre medals in the 2004 and 2008 Olympics. I think he went bronze and then silver. It might have been the other way around. But he wasn't like the superstar at the 5,000 metres. He wasn't the superstar that he is now. And then I think it was 2013, he switched over to the marathon, to the roads. Immediately found that he, I think he did the second fastest debut at the half marathon and then started marathoning and dominating. I don't know how many wins in a row he he got, but he's won eight marathon majors, obviously two uh, Olympic golds. Um, But... 
How cool is it that he spent sort of 10 years of his life trying to work out the 5,000 metres, trying to beat the Bekele's and the Mo Farah's of this world and, and coming up a little bit short. And then he finds his just like calling in life, his, what he, his body and mind is designed for, and that's in the marathon. And so I'd really encourage you guys, like, Try different events, try different distances, train for them, you know, go onto the track, see how you, you enjoy running an 800 or a 1500, then do a trail race, do some cross country, enter a half marathon or a marathon, get some experience across the board before you kind of resign yourself to just running ultra marathons or just running park runs. Give, t- dip your toe in the water in a whole bunch of areas and find what physiologically and psychologically really works for you, really spins your wheels. And and that will give you that that energy to to keep going over the years. And look, it change it can change over over the decades, but I'd really encourage you to find your event. Number two is learn to move well. Um, like watching the Olympics, the temptation with it's Kipchoge pulled away and you just see this beautiful running technique and you just like, the guy is born to do this. The guy was born an Olympic champion. But I tell you now, that guy, there would be hundreds of Kenyans with the um, natural ability as Eliud Kipchoge. But he's worked on it. He has done thousands of miles training. He's done countless intervals, core strengthening, drills, technique work to refine what he's doing so precisely that it just looks like he is born to do it. And so it's that whole, what is it, um, luck isn't made, you're... Um, I don't know. You, you guys know the 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 saying: you make your you make your own luck. It's the same with running technique and moving well. You you create the technique. You're in charge of the movements of your body, and you can refine it. And so, use Elliot Kipchoge as a great example of someone well into his thirties, moving just better than anyone on the planet because he's put in that work. He's put in that work on it. Number three is deal with disappointment. You've got to learn to deal with disappointment. And, and let's, let's rewind the clock a little bit because last year he came eighth in the London Marathon. And as so as a 35-year-old, everyone's saying, look, the guy's on his way out. He's too old. He's lost it. He's um, it's in the twilight of his career. It's very unlikely that he's going to come back and win gold next year. Um, and then what was it, 2017, he missed that uh, that sub two effort, trying to run under two hours for the, for the marathon. He missed that by 25 seconds. And that was on the global stage, all the cameras there, all these teams supporting him for this one thing that's all about him, and he misses it by 25 seconds. But he picked himself up again, and two years later, he nails it. He runs sub two in the marathon. That's not the world record, of course, because it was under different circumstances, but he did it. He achieved it. And same with the Olympic gold. Picks himself up after that massively disappointing eighth place last year in the London Marathon. You know, when was the last time he lost a marathon? It's, It's insane. And so to pick himself up and then dominate the marathon, look, what an example of dealing with disappointment. And so if you have had a disappointing race, take a little leaf out of the Kipchoge book, the Kipchoge uh, Marathon Manual, and 
learn to deal with that disappointment, tuck it away, work on your processes, work on your training, go back to the basics and get out there and crush the next one. Finally, number four of things we can learn from Elliot Kipchoge, smile. I love it. When he gets tired, he gets that little smile on his face. And uh, I'm sure that's a way of him processing that fatigue, that he's in that place that where it's starting to hurt. And he's got that awareness of, I trained for this moment. I trained to hurt right now. I'm supposed to be hurting for this. I'm in the position that I'm set out to be in. And if I push through, all of a sudden I'll find it's 5k to go or one mile to go or one kilometer to go and then I can push all the way to the finish line. And so I'd encourage you in this workout this week, find that moment where you, where you hit that fatigue and that last nine minute effort, put on the smile, put on some, some, um, some joy on top of the, the trials and tribulations that you're going through and it will help you push through. Um, I'm a big believer that our mental um, state of mind really affects the, the phys- physiology and, and creates this cycle of, of good feedback. So if you can just get in there, add in a little smile when things get going tough and that'll help you push all the way to the end. Well, there we go. A little bit longer today because we had to give Elliot Kipchoge, the goat, some some love and, and draw some lessons from him. So once again, the workout is a nine-minute tempo run at the start, around about your one-hour race pace. You're going to jog for three minutes after that and then do nine times one minute at your 5K race pace with one-minute jog after each of those three minute jog at the end of that block and then dive into that last nine minute tempo run at the end. So lots of nines today. Have fun with the session. Thank you for tuning in everyone. And a reminder again, the way that you can support me with this podcast is get into your podcast player, chuck us a five-star review, and that would mean the world to us. And look, share it with your friends and club mates. Um, tag us in on uh, Instagram, at RunTempoFit. Help us spread the word about this. That would be a massive help. Thank you, everyone. My name is Hayden Chairman. You go out there and crush it. Ciao.